Welcome to the Public Health Club's fourth speaker event of the year. Today, we are really excited to welcome a very special guest, the Mayor of Saratoga, Mayor Yan Zhao, to speak to us today. Uh, Mayor Zhao was elected to the Saratoga City Council in 2018. Prior to her election, she served on the Saratoga Madronia Cemetery District as a, more of the, a member of the Board of Trustees for four years and served as the chair in 2018. She worked for eight years on the Saratoga Planning Commission and one year as the chair and has 15 years of history serving Saratoga as a volunteer. Last month, Mayor Zhao hosted a Stop Asian Hate rally with almost a thousand people attending from the Bay Area. And today, Mayor Zhao will speak to us about the challenges that Asian Americans face and share her inspiring story of becoming a mayor pursuing the American dream. She will also touch on the local trends of COVID and offer advice to young people during these challenging times. As a reminder, there will be a time for Q&A at the end. So feel free to message any of the public health club officers with any questions you may have during the talk. Um, so Mayor Zhao, thank you so much for coming today. Uh, would you like to briefly introduce yourself to the Harper community? Sure, thank you, Kevin. Thank you for the invitation. It's my pleasure be, to be here today. Um, as uh, Kevin mentioned, I'm the current mayor of city of Saratoga. Uh, this is only one of the jobs I have. Uh, I also uh, work for analog devices as an engineer. Uh, my background is uh, electrical engineering and computer science. Um, I came to this country actually as an immigrant. I was born in China and came to this country uh, about your age, 30 some years ago, I attended high school for a year in LA and eventually went to UC Berkeley and got my bachelor degree in electrical engineering and computer science and got my master degree uh, in electrical engineering uh, from Santa Clara University. My first job was uh, with National Semiconductor as an IC or uh, chip designer. So, um, so besides being the mayor, I I'm still working full time and uh, I love my job as an engineer as well. So, um, you know, you mentioned last month we uh, held a, a rally in Saratoga City Hall. Um, the discrimination and violence against the Asian and the Pacific Islander community is, um, is not, you know, something new. Uh, the United States has a long and well-documented history of discrimination and hate-based uh, incidents against AAPI communities. Since the arrival of Chinese immigrants as laborers in the you know, early 1850s, Asian Americans have um, always been the subject of a race um, violence. For example, the Chinese uh, Exclusion Act in 1882 was enacted as Asian immigrants were viewed as threats. Uh, Japanese Americans were incarcerated during World War II. Uh, Chinese, Americans, uh, Chinese Americans faced uh, persecutions during the Cold War and um, McCarthyism of the 18, 1950s. As, as you can see, you know, this is, a, you know, the, the hate crime against Asian is not just start last year. You know, there have been more than 30 uh, well, 313, let's see, 3,800 hate incidents in the U.S. since 2020 against uh, AAPI communities. Believe it or not, over 700 of those incidents occurred here in the Bay Area. Um, the racist against the AAPI community has been exacerbated, um, exacerbated by the, the pandemic. Um, 
and according to uh, some research report, and um, over 30% of the um, Asian Americans have experienced some type of a um, discrimination since the beginning of the pandemic. So this is some kind of background on, you know, um, the discrimination against Asian Americans or AAPI communities. Um, I don't think uh, this is uh, something that uh, uh, we can fight, you know, to win this battle easily. This may take a long and, uh, you know, uh, work together with other communities and, and to combat this. Um, I think this is only the beginning of Asian Americans start speaking out um, on, you know, stop Asian hate issues. Um, I don't know anything else you want me to talk about. Uh, this is actually more the uh, self-introduction, but, um, you know, if is there anything else you want me to talk about it? So we know you recently hosted a Stop Asian Hate rally that was very successful. So we were just wondering if um, you could tell us a little bit more about that and um, what we kind of can do as students and teachers to support the Asian community in this time. Yeah, I think, you know, when there's so many incidents, um, you hear about the, the discrimination or violence against Asian Americans. Um, on March 17th, uh, Saratoga City Council meeting, I um, um, proposed a resolution. Basically, the resolution is, you know, is to denounce the violence against Asian American community. Uh, the council unanimously approved the resolution. Um, as I mentioned in the rally, one of our residents called me next day. Uh, he was glad that, to see that we, uh, the city council uh, passed the resolution, but passing the resolution is not enough. We need to do more. Um, a lot of people actually not uh, you know, aware of this serious issues. You know, they, they think they hear one there, one there. They don't know how, uh, how Asian Americans are uh, greatly impacted by this. So I decided to uh, host a rally and I um, contact all uh, four mayors in the nearby cities, uh, namely Cupertino, Campbell, Las Gatos, and Monte Sereno. So they all willing to join me to uh, host this rally. Uh, as you mentioned, there are more than thousand people attended this rally and we invited um, people from Congress level to state level, state senator, state assembly member, uh, county supervisors, uh, sheriff department. Uh, we invited sheriff and also invited a district attorney office and universities, you know, school board members, because this is a big issue. And then, you know, it's not like one person or one community, one department can solve this. This requires, you know, everyone work together um, to come up, you know, um, solutions from, you know, different department. Um, you know, like a, a lot of uh, uh, our legislators are working on a new laws that uh, be tough on hate crimes. And uh, uh, you know, also for the district attorney office, uh, they start giving more trainings and let people to be more familiar with uh, how to prosecute, you know, hate crimes. You know, in the past, it's very, very hard to con convict anyone, you know, with hate crimes. But now they're doing more training, and you know, uh, educate people more. 
So I think we're um, moving towards the right direction. And there are more rallies uh, uh, actually um, coming up. I, I know um, Palo Alto City is going to host a rally on May 2nd. So I think uh, you know more and more people just realize how serious this problem is right now. Yeah, that's really inspiring. And uh, that makes a lot of sense. Do you have like some recommendations for like, I, I know that there's a lot of students in the Harker community who look at what's going on and um, are really appalled by it. Do you have any recommendations for students who want to be able to do something? So what do you think that like the young people can do to help fight this issue? I, I think it's important for the youth to speak out and to write to your legislators, legislators, um, because right now uh, in California, there are actually uh, quite a few laws are being introduced. Uh, and still, you know, uh, it's gonna take a while for um, the state to pass all these laws. And uh, they always uh, have this public hearings. They want to hear how people feel about it. Um, you know, I, I think it's important that we all, you know, voice our concerns and uh, tell them, you know, uh, need, they need to have tough laws basically and need to, uh, the state legislator need to uh, allocate certain fundings for, you know, uh, victims as well as for better trainings, uh, for um, for law enforcement. And the county start doing something, but I, I think it's the law has to be come from our state legislators, and the, the, our county supervisors recently just adopt a plan to fight hate crimes. You know that includes education campaign. Um, to stop, you know, race-based crimes against Asians, but uh, the, still, the state uh, hasn't uh, passed a law that to uh, found more um, a hotline for people to report hate crimes. You know, um, uh, this is because state is still kind of in the budget crunch. They they still thinking if it's worth a while uh, for the state to pass that law. Uh, but I think it's important to have that law passed so for the victims or, or anybody can report hate crimes, you know, uh, freed of, uh, you know, not, not being afraid of retaliation. So you can to report that uh, without giving out your name and, and uh, uh, to give out, I guess this is, this is called tip line or hotline so people can, can report easily. So yeah, there are a lot of things you can do and, uh, and participate. Um, uh, you know, a lot of the um, rallies to let people see our face and, and make a statement that uh, speak out against this. So um, there's just a few things. Of course, you know, there are a lot of uh, community organizations uh, right now uh, trying to do what they can to help, you know, some uh, the elderly to even go out because now some elderly are afraid to go out on their own. Just, um, even women are afraid to go out shopping because they they have been the target of hate crimes in the in, you know the last few months in the shopping centers in you know uh, jogging or walking along so and they some uh, community organizations are trying to recruit volunteers to, to help them just walk people or talk to people and so yeah there there there's still um, I think a lot of things that youth can get involved.
Um, so just to um, kind of follow up on that a little bit more, like I think with COVID, we've seen that like a lot of these um, anti-Asian hate crimes have magnified to like an appalling extent. And you've obviously spent a lot of time in your profession. So I was wondering if you could speak a little bit on maybe what you've seen prior to COVID, after COVID, like has the nature of the discrimination kind of changed in any way in response to that? No, actually, in terms of as workplaces, um, personally, you know, I I don't feel like I I'm I'm being discriminated at my workplace. You know, I think as we all know, in Santa Clara County, there are over thirty three percent of population is Asian American. You know, it's it's API community right now. Um, but you know, I, I think outside the work, you experience more because people think about you know, like this pandemic. They thought this is brought you know to the U.S. by China, and a lot of times they mistaken other people, um, you know, as Chinese Americans. So they they often say that go back to your country, you know, regardless who you know, the, the, the person they speak, you know, to. So I, I think it's it's somehow the, the, the discrimination against Asian Americans are, it's more, I think in, in, in the community and not so much showing at the work because, you know, at the work we, we don't talk as much, you know, as an engineer. Um, so I can't really say that I have experienced anything in, in the workplace, but definitely when I was running for the city council, I mentioned that, you know, uh, during my speech at the rally, you know, when I run for city council, you know, when I was uh, canvassing uh, in our city, uh, people often, you know, I, a couple people, actually not just one person, you know, they, they when they saw me with a campaign flyer, and they told me they only vote for white. So uh, this is not, you know, happened a long time ago. It, it, it happened actually just about three years ago. And uh, that was in uh, 2018. So I mean, we know uh, and people still somehow they don't treat API community as part of Americans. They always think you are outsider, no matter what, you know, you, you're um, no matter if you were born here, you immigrant here, uh, this needs to be changed. I, I think this is have to come from education, you know, uh, even training for, um, you know, uh, for, for law enforcement. And a lot of times, you know, Asian Americans, they tend to be quiet not to report hate crimes, and, the, and this all you know a lot of things need be need to be changed uh, for us to be, you know, to feel safe to be part of you know this community, and and we all contribute a lot in in this society, but for 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 you know for dec for actually as I mentioned since 1850s Asian Americans haven't been treated very fairly, so this is going to take a while for us to. Um, to, to fight, to get to, to stop this uh, discrimination against the Asian Americans. Yeah, thank you for sharing those stories and experiences. I think they're really insightful. And also, uh, Mary Jiao, when I was reading about you and your story, um, something really inspiring, I think it resonates with a lot of students, especially in the Harker community, 
Uh, so like similar to many Harker students in college, you pursued the STEM education, uh, particularly in Berkeley studying electrical engineering, and you've done wonderful work in the field. But it seems like uh, throughout your career arc, you've gradually moved beyond sort of like individual contributor role and started doing more and more volunteer work and becoming a leader in the community and growing to become a mayor. So could you tell us a little bit more about that journey and what led you to, you to make that transition? Okay. Well, you know, actually, I have never thought I'll be involved with politics, you know. <laughs> that was never part of my um, career plan. I came, this, I came to this country as an immigrant, and uh, I, I received a lot of support. I got a financial support as I was attending, while I was attending Berkeley. Uh, actually, I received a, a scholarship uh, from a couple um, who support students uh, like me who are passionate about uh, who are passionate about the engineering field, but with uh, without a, a strong financial support. Um, so I, you know, I, I received this and without ever um, met this couple. So I'm always uh, uh, very grateful to people who have supported me and helped me in, in this country. Uh, ever since I graduated from Berkeley and started working at National Semiconductor, I started doing volunteer works, um, uh, both in our community organizations as well as professional organizations. Um, I served as a board member and eventually as a chairwoman of Silicon Valley Chinese Engineer Association for seven terms. So I actually led a, a organization to grow from a couple hundred members to about 6,000 members um, in this organization. And I'm currently also still uh, the president of Silicon Valley Science and Technology uh, Association. So besides working on the you know, professional uh, field and volunteering professional organizations, I start volunteer um, for many community uh, organizations. I served on Commission on the Status Women of uh, Santa Clara County. I served on, you know, as a PTA board member, uh, also PTA treasurer. I served as a referee for AYSO. So I do get uh, involved a lot with our community. Um, as you mentioned, I served eight years on Saratoga Planning Commission. That's how I got involved um, with the city government. Um, after serving um, the planning commission, uh, I, I learned so much about our city. I, I, I love what I did as a planning commissioner and I want to make a, a, you know, more contribution to our city. So I decided to run for uh, the city council. Um, and it wasn't easy for me. It took me three tries to get elected. So um, I finally got elected in 2018 and uh, eventually I got elected as mayor in 2020. So uh, it, it was a, you know, an easy, uh, uh, I guess, journey for me to um, become mayor. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's definitely an inspiring career arc. And um, I wanted to ask, you know, for anyone who's interested, um, if you have any tips for anyone looking to get into community activism or to serve their community like you, like you do, um, just do you have any tips for them to get started? Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, we have Youth Commission. I think it's a uh, it's a really uh, a good start to learn about city government because youth commission is part of the city government. Uh, we have so many commissions and youth commission is part of it. 
there are 15 uh, youth in, on this commission. They're part of the city government, help um, organize activities, events for the city of Saratoga. And we also have, uh, we call youth in government uh, summer program, six weeks. Every summer, the city of Saratoga, we um, um, organize this course uh, to help youth to, to, you know, get, the, get start uh, to learning about the city government. A lot of times in school, what you learn, you, you probably learn about, you know, federal government, state, you actually uh, have less opportunities to learn about your own community. So this is actually a great chance, uh, Special Youth Commission, because they, um, every month there's something organized by youth in the city of Saratoga. And uh, i just give you an example, you know, the um, in every year, I mean, because of the pandemic, we couldn't do the movie night anymore. We couldn't do the dollar, uh, color dash, means it's, you know, uh, 5K running for a whole family, you know. Um, they, they do all kinds of art programs. They do uh, charity events. It's, there's so much. And we often, you know, we regularly meet with youth commission, youth commissioners to discuss about the activities they want to do. And, and then, you know, I, I think it's really a great uh, uh, tool for, for youth to get involved. And also, if people are interested, you can also uh, try to intern, um, you know, at elected officials office, you know, like state assembly. Um, Evan Lowe, he often um, uh, take a lot of interns uh, and, uh, you know, state senator David Cortesi, and I know uh, our supervisors are also taking a lot of uh, interns. So if you want to learn more about it, and you know, it doesn't have to be long. If you want to just to be there for three months, I think that you, you, you know, you'll be surprised how much you can learn about you know, your local government. Yeah, I think that advice is really good. And I'm also really inspired by all the work and all the years of volunteering that you've done. Um, so the final thing I think a lot of people in the Harker community would love to get your perspective on is uh, about the local COVID situation. So right now, Harker is slowly starting to integrate back into a hybrid model of like both remote and on-campus learning. So like, could you just help to give us a picture about the current uh, situation and trends of the pandemic? And like, when can we expect to start getting back to normal? When are some of the steps that from the government on the level that um, we're planning moving forward? And like, what can we do as citizens to help out um, to make this as smooth as possible? I think at this time, you know, um, all the cities, we pretty much follow the county's guideline. And this can be changed, you know, uh, rather quickly. We're in orange tier right now. A lot of uh, um, business are, uh, are open. For school, um, this actually uh, determined by the by, by school board, uh, you know, board of trustees. I, for, in, for instance, I believe um, Las Gatos and Saratoga uh, schools are gonna be open. Um, I believe it's starting next week. And, and, and uh, so they have to do their due diligence and follow the guidelines and then they make a decision whether it's safe for students to go back to school or not. And this is actually not uh, fall under city government's uh, purview uh, to decide whether students can go back or not. Just to give you uh, 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 where we are in terms of uh, our county's uh, um, 
vaccination situation, you know, just, you know, right now, uh, the problem in the past was we don't have enough vaccines. And starting uh, this week, we're getting more and more vaccines uh, uh, from the federal government, you know, from the federal government to the state government, and the state government and the distribute that to all the counties. So we actually can do more vaccination than the vaccines we received. Uh, but we start receiving more. So from what I heard right now, by June 15th, the California is going to be fully you know, reopened. And uh, it could be even sooner, depends how fast we get the, our vaccines. And uh, each week, um, we can do 200,000 vaccination. That's our capability right now. And we're only doing about the 125,000 a week. So we, we still have a, a you know, bigger capacity than the, the vaccines we receive. Um, I think that's, that's all I know about the vaccination in our county right now. Oh yeah, that sounds great. Um, I think at this point um, we can kind of transition into the Q&A. So if any of you have questions, you can private chat me or Kevin um, and we can ask them for you. Um, so first off, um, someone asked, uh, could you tell us a little bit about how you first got into volunteering and helping the community and where you got that inspiration? Um, you know, as I mentioned, because I received a support uh, when I was a student. So when I first, uh, when I first uh, start working, I start volunteer at some community organizations uh, as a volunteer, you know, to help serve senior food by uh, helping homeless. And, and then I also vo volunteered at this um, professional organization called Silicon Valley uh, Chinese Engineer Association. So start there, I kind of eventually um, uh, run for the board of directors of, of that, that organization and then um, became the chairwoman uh, for the Silicon Valley Engineer Association. Actually, I was elected uh, seven terms. So, uh, I mean, I, I'm always passionate about uh, helping my community, you know, helping people. Um, and also, actually, I got involved with the city government. It was by accident. I didn't know anything about uh, planning commission at the time, but I was approached by one of our council members at the time. And she said, well, I, I saw you volunteer at a lot of organizations. Why don't you volunteer at our city as a planning commissioner? You know, at the time it was actually pretty tough for me. It was 2006, I remember clearly. Um, I actually just changed a job uh, from, uh, you know, my previous job changed to linear technology, not only changed my um, company, but also changed, sort of changed my career. I from IC designer to uh, working in the sales department. It's a brand new field for me. And at the time, my daughter uh, was just born, was only nine months old. So I, I told her, no, I don't have the time. I'm busy with my work with my, you know, my kid, and I have other, you know, responsibilities. But, you know, uh, he, well, I guess at the time she said, well, why don't you give a try and uh, see if you like it or not. So finally, I was, you know, persuaded just to submit my application. Uh, at the time, there were seven candidates for a two uh, planning commission position. I was very lucky and got selected. 
And so the rest is a history. Uh, once I got on the planning commission, I love what I do. And I it was, uh, if, if I feel great uh, being able to make a contribution, helping, um, you know, my, my, my community in my city. So uh, here I am. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for that. And then also uh, Sahas asks, um, what key features do you think the best reopening strategy would include as more and more people are getting vaccinated? For example, uh, vaccine passports, capacity limits, things like that. Uh, what strategy? You know, this is a little bit out of my uh, area of expertise, but uh, uh, I think for the city, um, we encourage, we definitely encourage everyone to get vaccinated. And that's how, you know, we fight a lot of diseases in the, in the history. Um, at the city, what we can do is we work with a lot of community partners. Uh, like for us, we work with uh, SASE, which is, a, you know, like a senior center. We provide some funding to them and they will, uh, they, they work with our seniors to help, you know, delivery from delivery food, you know, help with, you know, with information on how to get vaccinated. And um, I think, you know, I'm very confident. I'm, I'm, I'm actually very optimistic that uh, uh, we will back to normal and uh, sooner or later, I, I hope sooner. I don't see any um, problems at this, at this time. The city government is totally open now, our city office is uh, is uh, it's open daily and uh, no more closure um i know a lot of restaurants you know uh, a lot of business are 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 uh, open i think it just matter for weeks before we can fully open completely that's great that's definitely something to look forward to um April asks, as an Asian American female politician, do you think the future is bright for Asian women in politics? In 2021, we welcomed the first female non-white vice president. In the near future, is it possible for an Asian female to take on the role of president? I sure hope so. And I'm, I'm very hopeful. You know, there are still a lot of work for us to do today um, for the state legislators. You know, for Bay Area, we have no um, Asian American on uh, a state assembly uh, uh, yet. Uh, there are some. There's some female Asian female um, from Southern California, but none from our Bay Area. So I mean, I hope you know the youth be inspired. You know to to make it to you know um, not not just assembly members, state senators. Still, uh, Asian Americans are a very small percentage. It's almost none, you know, well, right now it's none for, from Bay Area. Uh, there's a couple from uh, Southern California. Um, yes, there will be some challenges for us to get involved. As I mentioned, um, when I was running for the city council, people often, often, you know, doubt us to be the leader. They, they always think we can be the work bees, but never have the leadership capability. So you almost have to prove that you can do the job, right? And I remember one guy asked me right after the debate, he said, should you be staying home and you know take care of your kids? So they never ask this type of question to any male candidates, but they, they often do that to us, right? So to, to, to women. So you have to be tough. 
don't let anybody put you down. So if you are passionate about serving, um, uh, you know, in our community and to run for the office, you will be faced this type of questions, I no doubt, even today, because I was faced, you know, with that questions in 2018. And, um, but you just have to, you know, uh, shake off all this uh, negativities and uh, never give up. And as I mentioned, I, I ran three times. The first time I lost by about 200 votes. Second time I lost by about 40 votes. And I mean, it was sad, it was, uh, it was devastating, but hey, it didn't stop me. And right after uh, November election, and I tried to see what else I can do. So uh, it just happened in the cemetery district, they, they need volunteers, so I applied for it. So I got uh, appointed at the board trustee and eventually served as a board chair uh, in 2018 before I got elected. So yeah, there's always opportunities and, and just don't give up. I think that's a really inspiring message of perseverance. Yeah. Um, um, so Ms. Peregrino asks, uh, what is the effect of the CDC resolution that racism is a health threat? I'm sorry? Uh, yeah, like basically, um, I think Ms. Peregrino is asking about like, what's the impact of like the CDC declaring that racism is a public health threat? Um, I know they are, uh, yes, it is, uh, because it does impact, you know, people mentally and, you know, the physical um, violence against uh, Asian American, it is a, a health um, problem. I think they're trying to do more and from, you know, from federal level to state level, um, they're trying to pass, as I mentioned earlier, they try, they're trying to um, uh, put more funding in education as well as supporting victims. Uh, but I don't have a whole lot of details on, you know, uh, what laws are have passed. Uh, I know there, uh, there are a lot of laws, uh, you know, were proposed, especially in California, and uh, they're fighting to get one law passed and to um, as I mentioned, to have the hotline. Currently, there's no such thing that you can report, um, you know, hate crimes and, and to a state-sponsored hotline because because due to the cost thing, and they're uh, right now they brought this uh, uh, measure, this bill back to uh, to the Senate to the Assembly floor again. The bill was proposed in 2017. It didn't get passed because. Um, they didn't think at the time, they didn't think it was that serious. Now they brought this uh, bill back uh, to the uh, state Senate and assembly floor. Uh, still in discussion, some people are still concerned about the cost. And uh, so hopefully, hopefully I'm, you know, keep my fingers crossed that this law can be passed so that people at least can, can feel free to report, you know, all these hate crime incidences. Okay, and then uh, Ms. Peregrino is also wondering, like, if you would consider running for state and federal level office? Um, well, when the time is right, I, I, I am interested. And I think that there's so much more we can do, especially as an um, Asian American, I think we have our perspectives uh, in life and my experience as an immigrant. And actually, I appreciate a lot of things that, uh, you know, this country can offer. 
maybe for some of you, um, you were all born here and, and you think it, this is, you know, it's maybe to me, sometimes people take this for granted, you know, like my kids, they think, oh, they're entitled to have the iPhone, you know, and, you know, iPad. And for me, you know, we came to this country with nothing and, and we work hard and I actually appreciate everything I have today and I want to do more for our country and, you know, for our community. So I'm definitely have a higher, you know, aspiration if I, uh, when the chances, when the, when the opportunity comes, I would definitely want to run for higher office. Great, looking forward to it. Um, and then I guess our final question for the day is, about any sort of technological planning for um, to combat against future health threats and to kind of make more um, efficient our healthcare system. Um, I, I think you know um, some of the uh, experts gave us some you know um, uh, tips on you know not just on fighting and uh, uh, discrimination against, but you know what do you do when you experience hate? Right, you always um, consider the safety first. You know, trust your instinct. And, you know, uh, assess your surroundings. Don't you know if it's not safe? The first thing is just try to leave. You know, uh, uh, safety is always first. You know, uh, secondly, you know, ask a uh, I, I think you can, what was this, you know, the experts suggest speak out, you know, if you can do it safely and be calm and firm uh, when you encounter this kind of uh, uh, situations. And also, you know, seek immediate, immediate support, ask bystanders for support or intervention. Uh, I think this is very important. Uh, of course, when we see a hate crime, uh, as a bystander, we need take action. We need, you know, um, try to help people who are, you know, being discriminated against. And uh, uh, this is just some of the tips that, uh, you know, the experts is telling us. And of course, you know, we, uh, this is for, for people, you know, being a bystander or being a victim but you know what we can do as a community. I, I think this is a very big problem, you know, for us to solve. I think for us, we definitely need to um, outreach, you know, uh, our communities to seek support. And uh, you know, for instance, we need to, you know, understand each other. Um, like during the holidays, we we invite people to to come celebrate with us and also to attend other uh, ethnicities, uh, um, you know, festivals, holidays, uh, and uh, events so that we can understand each other. I, I think that's a key that, you know, once we get to know each other, you know, you, you, you'll find out there are more similarities than differences, you know, in human nature. So this is, you know, uh, one of the things I always tell people, you know, let's, uh, you know, you know, for instance, you know, Chinese or Lunar New Year celebration, let's include all the other communities. This is not just celebration for the Asian American community to celebrate. This is for all communities to celebrate, to enjoy the festivity, you know, and this is heritage. This is a part of the Asian culture. I, I think it's important to do that for, you know, I think that's each one of us can do that to, you know, to outreach. Of course, you know, we need to, 
get more involved, you know, to run for offices, right? You know, and so you have a saying in a lot of issues or support other people who are running for um, offices. You know, if you believe in you, you know, uh, certain candidates volunteer, right? You, you try to learn from the, you know, uh, by volunteering, you learn the issues, you learn more about the candidates and learn more about your city. So I, I think it's another part of things to, to just to, to participate and uh, to learn all the, um, actually, I think another thing is, you know, oftentimes we think engineers, uh, lawyers and doctors are the you know other reputable professions right but you know being a, a like being a politician is also very important it can be a career too i mean it's actually it's just as important because the decisions they make can definitely impact our lives impact the whole country right impact our not only daily lives and sometimes you know the whole country's direction how we're gonna live in this country so um yeah, often I know Asian Americans always think, you know, we are going to STEMs where, where uh, it's more important, but no, I think there are many, many other careers that, and we can and pursue as well. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a really important message, um, especially here. Um, so, all right, um, Mayor Zhao, that's all the time we have for questions today. So we know your work keeps you really busy and thank you so much for being so generous with your time and coming here to speak to us about these issues. And I genuinely think you're such an inspiring role model for the young Asian generation aspiring to grow to have a greater community presence. And I think I can speak for everyone when we when I say that we all learned a lot today and we're really thankful for your perspective. So um, thanks everyone for attending and thank you to Mayor Zhao for speaking to us and um, I hope everyone has a great weekend. Thank you for having me. Have a good weekend everyone. <laughs>